This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova. We've got a guest uh, host in today, John Beeler from our uh, Get Connected team. Thanks Hello. for coming in. Thank you. Uh, we've got a cool show today. We're going to be talking, uh, of course, all about the world of apps. We've got an update from the Google I.O. conference that happened down in California this week about all the new Google stuff, including new Pixel phones uh, and some new Nest hardware uh, as well for the home, some Nest home hubs. Uh, and we will be talking uh, about uh, your identity when it comes to banking. The big five banks here in Canada have come up with a new app that will make it easier for them to know exactly who is applying for loans and mortgages online and uh, help protect your identity, hopefully. Let's start with some of the uh, app news, uh, guys, and something that really caught my eye uses augmented reality. We're hearing this more and more, and this is essentially uh, apps that uh, allow you to use the camera on your phone and then use that and create kind of a a world uh, or things like measuring tapes and and stuff like that. And now Nike is getting into the game. The overlay of your actual uh, phone image from your camera you have so much more opportunity now to do stuff and, and sort of pull it in. The only challenge is if you have a small phone screen, it may be a little bit challenging. So people with the bigger phones uh, can have a much better experience. But uh, yeah, we're seeing this type of thing uh, a lot with very precise measurements. Uh, everything from uh, figuring out how you're going to lay out your furniture from Ikea with, has this type of thing as well. And also being able to get the perfect fit for your feet uh, from Nike. Well, that's interesting because uh, more and more of us are shopping online now. And I always you know, wonder... If I'm buying clothes and shoes online, that's going to be a pain because how do I know that's going to fit? Well, Nike's trying to take that uh, fear away by using this augmented re- reality uh, technology. And uh, they basically use the phone camera to look down at your feet and get the measurements. And they say that it's accurate within uh, a couple millimeters. What I'm curious is, are they going to sell you two different sized shoes? Because not everyone has the exact same size on both feet. So you might need a size 10 on your left foot and maybe a 10.5 on your right foot. That would be cool. I know, um, Christina, you got weird feet and they're vastly different. Thanks for that. Yeah. My, my left is larger than my right, but no, I think I'm kidding. We all, we all have everyone. That. Yeah, we, ha- we all have that. It's just fun to make fun of you. Would this be appealing to you? Like, do you buy shoes online? I don't buy shoes online. And I think the fit is the reason that I don't because I want to be able to try it on and make sure that it's comfortable and fits me correctly and all of that. And I don't necessarily love the idea of having to send something back through the mail. That seems like a really big hassle to me. So this If they don't fit, you mean? Yeah, that's right. So this takes a little bit of that away, I think. I'm I'm interested in trying it. Uh, we uh, tried out that uh, app for sandals. What was that again? Weave. Weave, and they use something very similar. Uh, yeah, there's a number of footwear companies using this type of technology now. But uh, I've been using weaves for a couple of years now over the you know with the insoles, but also the sandals, and it is pretty spectacular to just be able to like point your phone, get the right size, and have it custom made just for your feet. This is sort of the promise of 3D printing and and all of this technology finally coming into fruition instead of just the mass production that we're typically used to. Well, Nike uh, is saying that they're going to integrate this into uh, not only this app for online shopping, but as a prime feature for measuring shoes in store, in retail stores. Yeah, which will be perfect because then you'll know exactly what you uh, what size you need, and then the guy will go in the back and pick up the boxes that are appropriate for you. You know, there's going to be some sort of privacy breach now in the next few months when uh, uh, someone hacks in and gets everyone's 
pictures of their feet. Are you worried about people knowing the, how big your feet are? Yes. My beautiful size nine slash eight and a half feet. You have hobbit feet, don't you? Yes, they're very hairy. And <laughs> <laughs> I need the extra width just for the hair alone on, on, on the feet. I'm, I'm excited about this because I do buy shoes online. I've bought uh, a couple pairs of runners and some dress shoes. I'm lucky because I'm just kind of that size nine kind of guy. So it just kind of works out. But for some people, it is difficult. Well, and I think if you combine this with other options, like I know Nike had that ID uh, line of shoes a couple years ago where you could actually customize all of the different bits and pieces, like you know what colors are used in your shoe. Uh, you could even put your own initials on the back of the shoe, uh, that kind of thing. So combine that with actually totally accurate measurements sounds like a win-win big k on your shoes love it love it doesn't get better than that uh let's talk about uh, some more news stories here on the app show uh you brought this to my attention there's an app called ever that uh is a is what is it a cloud photo storage it's a photo storage system that was meant to be free for life where you could just upload all your photos and it backs it up for you online Uh, sounds appealing very much so but anytime something is free you wonder how are they getting paid? Well, it turns out, uh, and Gadget's reporting that uh, this uh, company has been uh, using the billions of photos that have been uploaded to their service to help train facial recognition systems with artificial intelligence without the customers knowing. So there's a bit of an issue there for a few people, I think, uh, from a privacy perspective. Uh, also, you know, do you really want your family photos to be one training these robotic AI systems to recognize people and things and and you know what if because your family photos were in that system that system say at the airport or something else is going to misidentify you all the time uh when it's looking for bad guys well the company has uh come out and said that this uh what they're doing with the uh the photos is part of their privacy policy if you were to read through probably dozens of pages (laughs) Yes, I'm always sitting around reading privacy policies that are dripping with legalese when I download an app. That's that's what everybody does, I'm sure. I'm wondering, is it on us? Because we're always complaining about this. You know, this isn't cool. I I don't like this. But obviously, if we were to read through the privacy policy and and hopefully understand the legalese that uh, they potentially could use those photos for nefarious purposes. I think it might be time to ask these developers to create privacy policies that summarize what information you're giving up in some quick bullet points that are legible by the general public. I I think the lesson here, though, is nothing is ever free. And always assume that if it is free, there's some strings attached. And that might be your red flag to know maybe I should read this privacy policy because there's probably something in there that's actually going to be harmful or something I'm not going to want to participate in. So, but you know what the problem there now is that if we were to read through all these user agreements and privacy policies, they're awful that we would probably think I don't want to use this, but then you're not going to be able to use anything. Like if you've read through the Facebook uh, user agreement, uh, you would probably just never want to use it. But what, what choice do you have? Well, there's Um, a compromise. You could not use it. I know, but then I'm off the grid. Like, I'm a digital loser. No, but, okay, listen, imagine if you weren't on, if you just thought, I don't agree with Facebook, and so there, there's Facebook and Instagram. You're off. You're off the grid. I also think, though... I know that sounds crazy. No, but the onus is on you to choose wisely what you put on these systems, too, right? You're not going to upload all of your private you know, family history and passwords and stuff to Facebook, you're going to 
hopefully be a little bit smarter about what you put there and not uh, all the drunk photos. Yeah, from we're all going to be smarter about what we put on there. No, that's just not happening. It should, though. It should happen, but it, it doesn't. You know, I over the years, I have become a little more careful about what I put up there, but still, it's I, I use it all the time for sharing photos and things with family, and uh, where would I go? Ever? <laughs> the photo sharing site that's using facial recognition technology and selling it so the U.S. government can make killer robots that can identify people? Based on Mike's photos. Yeah, and... Sorry, Ever, if you're listening, uh, I take that back. I'm sure they're not doing that, but uh, you know, we don't know what they're using it for, really. That's right. Yeah, so they're going to be selling that information. Again, the company's Ever. If you've got all your photos up there, they're using it uh, to train their AI on facial recognition and selling that to private companies and the U.S. government. To be fair to Ever, though, Facebook was also accused of something very similar not too long ago as well. So another story uh, that we're following here Christina, Tinder now lets you find fellow music festival hotties. And this would be of interest to me because? I don't know. I always throw these over to you. Uh, Tinder, again, is the most popular online dating app out there. And so they're trying to get their users even more hooked up. Now, this is kind of interesting. It's called Festival Mode. And they've picked 12 festivals in the U.S. and the U.K. And what you do is you can basically, I guess, uh, select them and in the weeks lining up to it, you can actually see the other people and swipe through the different profiles of other participants of those festivals to, you know, I guess line up matches for when you are at the festival. I'm rolling my eyes a little. Well, that's why Isn't you see- Isn't the you, point of going to the festival to have the opportunity to interact with people in well, real life? Here you're guaranteeing it. Well, you're being more efficient about it too. Yes. They also have a spring break mode uh, for Tinder yes, users. Yes, they sure do. Have you used that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I've talked about it recently on another radio program. Okay, so this uh, works very similar. Students uh, select where they're planning to travel for spring break, and they get that little badge on their profile, and then Tinder does its Tinder magic and links up other students that are going to the same place. I don't mean to sound like a square, but isn't this just feeding that hookup culture that a lot of people seem to be complaining about these days? But that's what Tinder's known for. That's what Tinder is. I don't know. I think making, we might be moving in the wrong they're, direction They're making here. gazillions Call of dollars. Crazy. So again, uh, festival mode. This is a, a new mode for Tinder users out there that are attending uh, 12 different festivals. You can go to their website, uh, obviously, and find out uh, what festivals uh, those uh, happen to be. Uh, and quickly, we will be uh, later on in the program talking about uh, an update from the Google uh, I.O. conference about some of the new phones and some of the Nest hardware. But, uh, you know, breaking news here is that Nest, they had a whole home automation platform called Worked, Works with Nest. Yes. Gone. Yeah, well, it's, it's winding down, as they say. Winding down. Yeah. So basically, I think the, the plan is they're just moving everything over to Google Home side. But there's a lot of third-party devices that were developed specifically for Works With Home as part of your smart home hub that may be left out in the cold. Well, I'm sure all these other manufacturers and developers are super happy to hear that. Absolutely. They must be migrating into something. I, from what I understand now, Nest is going to be a subdivision of Google. It's not going to be its own separate company anymore because google has you know different companies it owns under alphabet but it's now gonna be known as google nest right not just nest yeah so it's just gonna be really confusing and depending on the age of the box that you're gonna find in the in the store of that particular product it may give you the wrong information as to what app you need to download to actually activate it and set it all up 
We're going to have to take a break. Uh, you are listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. When we come back, are you concerned about your identity and private information when you're doing online banking and applying for things like loans and mortgages? Well, the big five banks here, or the big seven banks, have uh, come up with a solution to make that even more secure. It's called Verified.me. It's super fascinating how they're all doing it. We're going to tell you how it all works. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Well, in our increasingly digital wor- world, uh, security and privacy uh, and identity are always uh, a concern. The big uh, banks here in Canada, I think the seven big banks, have uh, launched a, a new technology, a new app to help with that uh, called Verified.me to help understand what this is all about, how it impacts you. We've got our expert, Brian Jackson from IT World Canada on the line. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Happy to be here. I'm always kind of skeptical when the the big banks are launching something and then they want me to take advantage of this. But uh, uh, tell our listeners how it it could be quite helpful. Yeah, well, the big trend right now in banking is to try and answer the competitive threat that some of these newer players are offering, right? Like companies like Wealthsimple that are offering great online experiences for customers and making it way easier to manage your money uh, so you, you don't have to go into a bank and or talk to somebody on the phone, fill out all these complicated documents that you can do banking just like you do pretty much everything else uh, in today's world. Uh, order, order a cab, order food. You go to your mobile app and uh, you, you get all the business done from there in a few taps, right? So banks are learning in Canada. They have to go in this direction and... In order to be able to do that from a banking perspective, they really need this new concept called digital identity because your bank absolutely has to know who you are when you're talking about high-value transactions like getting a mortgage, right, or incredibly sensitive uh, information transactions like checking a credit score. If If somebody reaches out to Equifax and they ask to see their credit score number, you have to know that it's really them and not somebody else that is uh, getting that information without without permission. So that's what get, this Verify.me digital identity service is all about. And it's why that it, it has the support from all the banks, because this company that's behind it, SecureKey, they've been managing identity for the government for a number of years now. So they have the experience in this space to provide uh, authentication services at a really high level that um, provides assurance to the the person you're doing business with that it's really you. And it provides privacy and control to the individual. It's interesting. So this isn't an app that people after listening to the show are going to run out and start downloading. But uh, I, I guess it might be if they start having some dealings with the bank uh, when it comes to a loan or a mortgage, that type of thing. Yeah, that's the plan for the future, Mike. And that's definitely been one of my questions for the banks. When I talk to them about this, I say, you know, why are people going to do this? Like, I understand from your perspective why all this new technology is great. You've got this blockchain-powered digital identity system, it's cutting edge, it's very impressive, it protects privacy, but unless people actually can accomplish some tasks they need to complete with it, why, why are they activating their account, right? So there's two things that you can do with this today. So if you go on verify.me today, register your identity through your bank account, 
there's two things you can do. First of all, you can go to Equifax and get your credit score. I did this uh, just the other day, and it took me all of like five minutes. So, you know, from not having the app installed to seeing my credit score was very painless. And uh, I don't think I know of a faster way to get my free credit score. So that was one early example of how digital identity can provide you some convenience. And the other thing is Sun Life, uh, the insurance company here, they will allow you to log into your account or even register a new account if you're uh, using this app. So you can go, you know, if your company has like a Sun Life benefits plan or if you're like a life insurance customer, perhaps you can log in and manage your account on Sun Life or even create a new account through Verify.me. We're talking with our good friend Brian Jackson over at IT World Canada about uh, Verify.me, a new uh, identity uh, service that uh, the banks will be using up here in Canada. Uh, And it's basically all the big banks, right, Brian? Yes, it it is. Really, um, I'll read their names just (laughs) for the sake of it. But this is like 95% of banking activity in Canada that we're talking about. CIBC, Desjardins, RBC, Scotiabank, TD, they, they are supporting it immediately. And then Bank of Montreal and the National Bank of Canada plan to launch it soon. So that really covers all the major banks. Thanks for the uh, update on this, Brian. Yeah, you bet. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. We still have uh, a lot more to talk about, including uh, an update from Google I.O., the big developers conference down in California this week. They've announced some new Google phones, uh, a low cost pixel that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about because the camera on that thing is amazing and some uh, new Nest home hub hardware. If you've uh, got a Nest uh, thermostat and some of the security camera stuff, this uh, would be a must-have item to make that whole world work together. Let's uh, get to uh, one of my favorite times on the show. The Weekly App Hot 5. That's right. It is the Hot 5. This week, it's the Hot 5 AR apps or augmented reality apps. And uh, I've got John here, John Beeler with me. Again, explain augmented reality for the listeners. So basically, this allows you to use your smartphone's camera to uh, shoot the scene, and then the software will actually draw something into that scene and augment that version of reality that you're seeing. And you can interact with it. It can do things like measure things. Uh, it's lots of different things. And, and this Hot 5 list from digitaltrends.com has a really good uh, range of uh, apps to sort of get your feet wet. Yeah, and uh, for the listeners out there, augmented reality works best on some of the newer models of smartphones uh, as well. So if you've got an older phone, some of these apps might not work. Yes, and it also does work on some of the uh, newer tablets as well. Good to know. Uh, number five, we'll start off with uh, BBC Civilizations AR. Yeah, so education is a really huge uh, um, aspect of augmented reality. And BBC has created this really cool way to actually uh, take some historical items and uh, objects and put them in your living room. Uh, so you can take, uh, for example, a, uh, the, a mummy, an Egyptian mummy, Throw it on your coffee table, look at it, rotate it, sort of inspect it. With your phone, you're like walking around your coffee table. Right. And you can even press a button and look at the the x-ray view of it all right there. So it's just like you're going to that museum in Egypt, but you're you're in your living room uh, playing with it on your coffee table with your smartphone or your tablet. 
Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, we're talking uh, Hot 5 augmented reality apps or AR apps, is SketchR. And this is available for Android and iOS. And uh, it's basically telling you it's uh, all about art. There's a little artistry in everyone. But as uh, you know, we don't always have the time to sit down and practice uh, drawing uh, for hours and hours. So why not cheat a little? Sketch AR is essentially AR tracing. So you plot a couple of circles on a piece of paper and choose a sketch. And Sketch AR will produce Project that image onto the paper, allowing you to trace around it. It's not exactly tracing as you'll struggle to properly match the lines perfectly, but it works pretty well if you're looking to practice specific drawing techniques. It can be a little awkward holding a phone in one hand and drawing with the other is not uh, you know, the most natural position in the world, but you really should give it a try. It's pretty cool. Have you tried that one yet? I have not. I'm going to try, uh, try it some more. I've uh, given it a, a, a go uh, a little while ago and I'm to see if I can practice some more on it. I can't draw at all. Well, maybe this will help you. Uh, number three, we've got Mondly. Yes, so uh, there's lots of apps out there that help you learn new languages. Uh, Mondly actually gives you uh, the ability to learn a language. They have 33 different languages you can choose from, but you also get the ability to use an augmented reality uh, instructor that will actually just sort of drop down uh, in the seat beside you, and you can have a conversation with them through your phone. Uh, testing out your skills in this new language that you've been learning. Very cool. Number two, uh, this is uh, one that I think really brought augmented reality to the masses, Pokemon Go. Yes. If you've ever been on transit, you probably can't miss somebody with one or multiple phones trying to catch them all. Uh, The little virtual uh, creatures that exist throughout the world and people try to catch them. and, And there's a lot of rare items out in the world that people are trying to get. I don't fully get it myself, but... Uh, Maybe I you're not the target demographic. I, I probably not, but uh, it's definitely... This thing has been huge, though. It's it's made a ton of money for the Pokemon people, and uh, I know lots of people that just simply love getting together with other Pokemon hunters, and they get together like in parks and things like that around the city. Because these Pokemon are like everywhere. It uses the GPS on the phone. Right, and they keep adding new things all the time. It's weird. It's weird, but it, it, hey, it's it gets people outside. Uh, let's look at the number one app for uh, augmented reality apps uh, this weekend. You know what? These are all great, great apps, but this one was kind of interesting, Ink Hunter. Yeah, so if you've ever thought about getting a tattoo, uh, Ink Hunter will allow you to sketch something on some paper, and you just put a little uh, reference point uh, with, a, with a Sharpie on your arm, and you can actually preview that tattoo on your body. This would be really helpful for a lot of people because I, I know a few friends that have gotten tattoos, you know, years back and they regret it now. Absolutely. The neat thing about this is you get to preview that regretful decision, <laughs> but you can also <laughs> maybe resize I it. Maybe I shouldn't put Bart Simpson on my chest. Well, maybe you could have a smaller Bart Simpson. The yeah. app actually lets you resize the tattoo and sort of find the right spot for it. So it's it's a really cool way. Um, and if you put the little marker on your arm, you actually get the perfect uh, lighting and everything like that. So you actually get a really good sense of what it's going to be like when the, the, t- the artist actually applies it to your body. That was the Hot 5 this week, the Hot 5 AR apps. When we come back from the break, you got to stay tuned. Uh, one of the big phones out there right now as far as camera phones would be the Google Pixel 3. It's been getting rave reviews the the camera is amazing for night shots on it well they've come out with a lower cost version they've just announced it down in california we'll tell you all about it and how much you can save you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this 
Every year, all the Google nerds from uh, around North America and the world converge on Google I.O. down to Google headquarters uh, for the uh, latest uh, announcements uh, from Google on uh, hardware and software and uh, all the development tools they have. Some uh, cool, exciting announcements came out of it uh, to help us uh, unpack some of that. We've got our good friend Igor Bonifacic from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, we uh, saw all sorts of news about uh, uh, Google Assistant, uh, some new Pixel phones, uh, and a, uh, a Nest Hub as well. Let's uh, start with the new Pixel phone, the Pixel 3a. How is this going to light the world on fire? I, with its price, right? It starts at 549 Canadian. Uh, the bigger 3AXL is 649 Canadian, and this is outright. Uh, obviously, carrier pricing will vary. Um, and it's just I've been I've been fortunate enough to be able to use it for the past week. It is really great phone for the price. You essentially get the Pixel Three camera, which is more expensive, at a much more affordable package, and you'll be able to take really great photos at a reasonable. Getting so expensive, um, I think this is kind of a bit of fresh air. It's interesting because uh, we are just seeing smartphone prices go through the roof. If you want a flagship smartphone uh, nowadays, like uh, the latest iPhone, uh, Samsung phone, phone, or even the uh, you know the flagship uh, Google Pixel, you know you're uh, north of a thousand dollars. So uh, I could see how five hundred fifty dollars would be quite appealing, especially since it has the same great camera uh, and, and features, photo features that uh, the, the higher priced uh, Pixel Three has. Yeah, totally. And, you know, what's really interesting about phones at this stage um, is that they all essentially do the same thing. And it doesn't cost, realistically, it doesn't cost a lot of money to get a great phone. You know, what was consistently surprising to me about the Pixel 3a was like, yes, it's missing some things. Like, it's not waterproof like the 3. It doesn't have wireless charging. But, you know, minus these bells and whistles, it is essentially like the same phone and it just delivers a really great experience. And I think, you know, for consumers, like, I would honestly say, like, there's no reason to spend $1,000 on a new phone. You're much better off getting one of these, uh, you know, more affordable phones and, you know, using your money elsewhere. A big feature that a few people uh, uh, around me here have been excited about is uh, it has a headphone jack again. Yes, yes. Um, you know what? Ironically, I didn't use it too much in my review because all of these new phones, uh, because you can, you have to essentially use either like Bluetooth or USB-C headphones with them. Um, I didn't actually use the headphone jack a lot, but it, you know, it's great because it's it's so stupid that like, you know, so many people have all these uh, audio devices that can connect with a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. So then just like throw it out and not use it seems so senseless so it's nice i'm hope this is i hope really that this is the start of like a trend going back to phones that have the headphone jack yeah, it is an interesting inclusion. Uh, it, it just kind of demonstrates to me, uh, again, that Google is trying to go more mass market with the Pixel to pick up uh, a larger amount of uh, the, the consumers out there that aren't necessarily like the bleeding edge, uh, you know, consumers that need to have the latest and most expensive phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something to said about not forcing your customers to, you know, in addition to buying a new phone to then have to buy, like, whether it's, you know, a pair of AirPods or, you know, uh, uh, some noise canceling headphones, like you're looking at, like, you know, spending at least $200 to, you know, to get a pair of Bluetooth headphones in some cases. So, um, I think it's a good, 
decision all around. Let's talk about some of the other hardware they announced. Uh, they have some uh, new home hubs. Uh, explain to the listeners uh, what these are all about. Yeah, so the the Nest Hub is it's actually not a new product per se. It's the rebranding of something called the Google Home Hub, um, which was something that Google announced uh, this past fall when it announced the Pixel 3. And essentially what it is, is it's a smart display. It's this new product category that Google is pushing where you have a display, but you also have access to Google Assistant. And with that, you can use voice controls to kind of, whether it interacts, you know, ask questions with Google Assistant or just, you know, control aspects of your smart home. So, you know, a lot of people, they may have, um, some people may have bought Philips uh, Hue light bulbs. You can tell the smart, uh, smart hub to turn it on. Um, and it's now finally coming to Canada 160 as a kind of a Nest product, and it's part of that great Nest ecosystem. They also announced the uh, Nest Hub Max, which is a bigger version that includes um, a camera, so you can kind of use, you know, do voice calling, or excuse me, video calling. The interesting thing here is there's a switch on the back where you can turn off the camera physically, um, and this is, you know, like coming from Google, this is a very indicative of how attitudes are changing towards these companies, right? Like this IO was all about privacy, 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 which is not something we've heard from Google because like Facebook, you know, their model is all about collecting your data, right? And using that data to then sell you ads. I'm interested in uh, the rebranding of these uh, home hubs. Uh, You know, they have the Google Home, the Google Home Mini, they had the Home Hub. Uh, Now they've rebranded these home hubs as uh, Nest, which is, uh, of course, owned uh, by by Google. Uh, Why do you think they went down that road? Um, I think the Nest, Nest, you know, even if it's just a small amount more like brand recognition, it does just kind of like brand recognition there. Like I, I know, like if you go look at, you know, whether it's, like on the Nest website, a lot of people really love their Nest thermostats, right? Like there is something to be said about this brand. Like I think there is association, even if not everyone knows about Nest, with like a certain quality or like an attempt to make the smart home vision a reality. And so I think that is partially why um, they went with this. Like despite all of Google's attempts, I think their hardware attempts haven't really like gelled in a way like you know you and i know about the pixel but i feel like the pixel as great as the camera is isn't like a household name right like people when you talk to them about android phones samsung is still you know to them samsung is android it's not this operating system where there are tons of different manufacturers one of which is google the company that makes the os yeah, it, it is interesting, uh, and I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. I think uh, people have a, uh, a more favorable and more aware view of Nest uh, as a brand, especially when it comes to these types of uh, uh, home-connected uh, uh, products. Uh, of course, they know the name Google, but, uh, you know, like Facebook, uh, you know, they're under the under the microscope right now when it does come to things like uh, privacy and, and taking our information. So uh, I, I think it's a, a nice, uh, in my opinion, a, a deflection away from uh, all of that right now towards, uh, you know, branding these things with uh, a brand that, uh, you know, a lot of people do kind of trust. Yeah. And I will say, I think there also is something to be said about like branding it in a way or in association with a brand that specializes in something, right? Like when people think of smart home, they think of Nest among the first companies, right? And then you might think of Ecobee if you're in Canada. 
Um, but Google is more kind of this nebulous brand, right? Like it is, it's, it's search, it is phones, it is so much more than that, right? And so I think there, it makes sense to just like focus in like this is our smart home offering. It's all under the Nest brand. Do you think we might see some of the other devices uh, like the Google Mini and the Google Home rebranded under Nest? Uh, that's interesting. Like, I quite honestly don't know. Like, it, it, for whatever reason, I just feel like maybe there is not quite that synergy that the smart, um, the Nest Hub has with the Nest brand that the Google Home will. Like, Google Home, again, feels more nebulous in terms of what it can do, even though that the functionality, even though, as I say this, like the functionality between them is more or less the same, right? Like yeah. they both have Google Assistant. You can both talk to them and you can control your smart home. Um, you know, I feel like with, the thing with Google is it like more so than other companies, it will try, like it will throw things against the wall and see what sticks. And if it doesn't stick, it will change tack. So um, who knows what we'll see from Google. Um, I do imagine, though, if like this goes well, there is the possibility that it will be, you know, the Nest Home going forward. We're talking with our good friend Igor Bonifacic. He is from MobileSyrup.com. If you haven't had a chance to check out their website, it is fabulous. I go there several times uh, a day to check out all the latest uh, mobile news tips and tricks. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me, Mike. When we come back from the break here on the App Show, we still have uh, more to talk about. We'll be uh, covering the latest Amazon skills for your Amazon Echo with Alexa Voice Assistant. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. We have just a little bit time left. Our travel app of the week. Christina, what do we got? We have the Kayak app today, and it's got a new feature that will actually use augmented reality to measure your carry-on to make sure that it'll fit in the overhead. This is cool. So you launch the app and go to that feature and using the camera on your phone and your screen, you can point it at the luggage and it will let you know. That's right. You have to capture all the corners of your luggage and it will calculate whether it fits the size restriction. Oh my God, that would be so helpful. So you don't end up at the airport and them telling you, nope, you got to check that. Yeah, well, if you fly United, that'll happen to you anyway, but nothing, that's nothing, another story. Nothing fits in United <laughs> carry-on. But uh, again, uh, it's just part of the regular Kayak app. That's right. But now with augmented reality. Yes. So Kayak is an app where you can actually shop for flights and hotels and things like that. So it has a great new feature for you. So all the time we have left for the app show. I want to thank John and Christina for helping put it together. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.